Thanks for listening to Bezier. Bezier is sponsored by Superhigh, online courses for code, design, and product management. Superhigh's courses can be done in your own home at your own pace. I've been a Superhigh student since 2017 and have gone from being a designer feeling alienated by the should designers code discourse to building my own sites and now even selling web design services. My favorite part of Superhigh is the community of learners. As a Superhigh student, you're added to this huge community of all the other Superhigh students. It's filled with inspiring people from all over the world in all different places in their careers. I've gotten work there, I found podcast guests there, and even made in-person friends, all because of Superhigh. It's easy to get started. There's an online code editor. You can do it on your own schedule. There's built-in community of learners. It's got everything you need. Start learning to code, design, or product manage today at superhigh.com. I'd like to have guests introduce themselves. Could you share a bit about yourself? So I'm Nuka. I am a product designer based in Berlin, Germany. Previously, like three months ago, I lived in Stockholm for a year and a half, but I'm originally from the Netherlands. I work at Klarna and my pronouns are she and her. That's a great introduction. And I have lots of questions about your work history there. But before we get into that, can you tell us about what you like to do outside of work? for fun, for your personal life? I recently moved to Berlin and my past two months have been a lot around decorating my apartment and getting everything together here, which has been a lot of fun. But generally, I I spend a lot of time on photography. I've been doing that for quite a while now. I do all sorts of like small creative projects on the side. I write poetry on the topic of my apartment. I'm working on a gallery wall. And because finding art for that is like such a process, Right now, I'm just making my own posters to fill the frames, and then I have all the time in the world to find the perfect piece of art later on. That's kind of what I'm up to. You mentioned photography. Could you talk about that a little bit? I've just been doing it for a very long time now. Like I started when I was 13, and of course, back then it was just for fun. But around like my last year of high school, I think, I got an offer for a book cover. So I've been on a couple of book covers, and then whenever I had the time, I would collaborate with other artists for shoots, like whether it would be fashion and this would be more of a free project. I've been working together with musicians for cover art or just promotional photos. And yeah, mostly stuff around that. So a lot of different sort of projects. One of my favorite ones was photographing a cookbook for a charity. I've never done food photography before, but it was so much fun. So yeah, lots of different projects and uh, it's it's where my creativity started, I would say, and then design came into as a later love. Now, you just moved to Berlin. What what has that been like for you? Have you lived in Berlin before and what is it like to move? Did you move for work for Klarna or did you decide I'm going to move to Berlin and then you found the job at Klarna? So, I moved to Stockholm for Klarna and there came an opportunity where a design position opened in Berlin and I have lived in Berlin before. I did an internship here a couple of years ago and my sister lives here with her family. And I just realized that I would like to be a little bit closer, a little bit more central. I was looking for more creativity and energy. Um, so when the design position opened in Berlin, I asked for an internal move and they gave that chance to me. So here I am. I love when companies are flexible to employees wanting to move around in person or move around in 
inside the organization. Um, how long have you been at Klarna and what's sort of your team structure look like? I've been at Klarna since August 2018, so we're almost two years now. And um, I have moved internally as well. So I started at a team for the Klarna card, which is a, a credit card in Sweden and Germany right now. And we were like one team really owns that product and you work on that. And as a team designer, you own that piece of Klarna, I would say. But of course, you're part of a bigger ecosystem. So it, we have the Klarna app that people may have been familiar with if you've ever paid with Klarna before. And the Klarna card is part of that. So you work together with, at the moment, I think there are about eight designers who all work on the app. And we have a design system and the whole company. I think I don't even know how many designers we have. We have quite a few because we have so many different fields from brand and marketing and products that are not even consumer facing. So, yeah, it's it's a bit wild, but you own that little piece of the product that you're working on. And right now I'm working on a savings product. So I've moved domain and I've moved team and we're in an early phase where I'm doing a lot of research and a lot of testing, but it's going to be pretty exciting. Is the team just designers that you interact with or, or sort of what's the makeup of your team? Do you get to collaborate with the developers as well? Yeah. So this is a like multidisciplinary team. So we, I'm the only designer in oh, the cool. team, but I'm part of a domain. So I'm, I'm not alone in that sense. But yeah, I'm, I'm the only designer in the team and I work together with the product manager and the engineers. Sometimes the team has an analyst or a marketing uh, manager or there are a couple of different roles as well. Um, but yeah, the main teams are product manager, designer, engineers. So those are people that I work with closely and together we built this product. That's awesome. Now, I used to work uh, as a sole designer on a team of non-designers, and I really like that sort of setup because of being able to learn from non-designers and get their sort of design feedback without the context of maybe a design education or lots of years in the design community as a designer. How do you feel about that? Do you enjoy working with non-designers? I do. I feel like there's pros and cons. I, I come from design agencies. So I was used to really being part of a team of designers where you have a lot of input and a lot of brainstorming together. And sometimes I miss that here, even though you you can reach out to the other designers in the company, but it's a lot of fun. Like I, I really believe in getting input from different perspectives and engineers are more up to date about the possibilities around technical things sometimes and it's hard to really be on top of that sometimes because there's so much happening so I love getting their input about different possibilities and options and working more efficiently or um, have just a better product in the end so yeah I really enjoy it I feel like a conversation I'm seeing a lot happening in the design community on online in various places is about mentorship do you find that being on a team as a lane designer that you're able to either find mentorship other places in the organization or mentor people other places in the organization? Yeah, we the way our company is set up is that we're part of the design competence. And within that, it's not so much of a mentorship mentorship as there is someone who is 
responsible for your personal development. Of course, in the end, you're you're really truly responsible, but they can help you and um, give you opportunities like doing internal presentations or even external presentations if you're up for that. We have been working a lot on creating more internal knowledge sharing. So whenever someone feels like they're the expert on something, you can ask, like reach out to them or they can give a workshop on it. And it's been really fun. It's something that I've been really interested in because I would love to, like, I've always loved knowledge sharing. So I would really like an opportunity to either be a mentor or just in general share things with other designers. I'm currently working on getting something in place for that, that I can do that. You mentioned that you worked at design agencies before. Can you tell us a little bit about your career path and and some of the highlights there? So I studied communication and multimedia design in Utrecht. And why that was such a broad studies. And I didn't even know that I wanted to go into product design or even UI UX design. But when the internship part of my studies came, I got an internship at um, Triple, which is a full service agency in Alkmaar. And I basically stayed there. So I started as an intern and then they work with brands like um, RTL and Photophone. And I got the chance to be the main designer on the RTL XL app. This was a couple of years ago because the other uh, designer was going on vacation for a month. And that was like my biggest chance, even as an intern still. So I'm pretty grateful for that. And like, that agency, it was a very small design team with many more engineers and product managers because that's how they started. So there was a lot of things that you could drive yourself. And when I moved to the next agency, the, it was a much bigger team of designers because they it's one big agency with smaller agencies within it. And I was part of the visual design agency. So I've, I've done a couple of different roles now where it's like UI, UX designer, then more visual designer. And now I'm here being a product designer, which holds different skills again. So that's kind of my career path. I'm dabbling in a lot of different things, I would say. Okay, so you're a product designer at Klarna and you're working on the savings product on a team of non-designers, which I always enjoy. What Can you share a bit about what your process or what a typical workday looks like for you? It really differs in what phase of the product you're in. So at the moment, we're in early stage, and it's a lot of internal testing. We have a internal product available right now. So I've just been asking other people at Klarna to sign up to our product and hear their input and even look at technical issues. Like We're a small team right now. It's only two engineers and a product manager and me. So that kind of... Uh, gives you some chance to step in and step up to also just do the work with the entire team because you're all in it together. And um, yeah, we've been running into some technical bugs and have been helping out just navigating them and, and helping prioritize things while also looking at the user experience. So, um, and then my next step would be to do more validation around our product and how to move on. So, but previously when I was in my previous team, for example, that product had been around for a while. And at that point you just start 
like fine tuning things, but new features do get added. So then you work on a new feature, but it's like a very small piece of a product. So it really differs in what kind of phase you're in and what kind of product we're working on. It's a very diverse role. You said you moved to Germany two months ago. Is there a Klarna office in Berlin? And because of coronavirus, have you worked in that office at all? Or were you going to be remote anyway? We have an office in Berlin. Uh, we're t typically not remote, but of course now we are. Uh, I have been in the office before just because I've, I've traveled to Berlin more often and I'm familiar with the office here. I haven't really spent time there. Yeah, it's been a bit strange. And also with like being in a completely new team and new domain. And I've been at Klarna for a longer time now, but we've had a lot of people joining who have never seen anyone in person. And some people have really been struggling with that. Yeah. I, do you have any advice for people that are struggling with that? Because I, I know that some people have had a hard time really adjusting. Uh, and maybe it's because, at least I feel this way, that it's not just them adjusting to working from the office to working at home and remotely and learning remote tools and workflows, but because there's a pandemic going on. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so much going on right now. And I mean... Today, I actually said in a meeting that I'm getting a little bit tired of my own apartment and I'm up for a change of scenery. But what some teams have been doing is to, or just people, like I got lucky that I actually met my product manager in person because we were in the same temporary accommodation and our rooms were right next to each other. So we just stood on our balconies and we're like, hi, this is us in real life. But uh, with other colleagues, uh, you can take a walk or just have a socially distanced lunch or still try to meet up a little bit if you can. If you can, because you're not actually in the same city or you just don't feel safe doing that. What's really helped is doing fun social stuff. I really believe that doing things outside of work as a team can help with the bonding and kind of getting to know each other. So we've been playing games like doing Pictionary online or tabletop online games or just hanging out, each drinking a beer and being on a, a meet call. That's great. That's really great to hear that you and your teammates are still trying to get in those like, I guess they're called like water cooler moments, you know, those like what you yeah. have in an office that's sort of like fun and not necessarily work related. And it's also really great that you can like stand on a balcony and see one of your coworkers. <laughs> yeah, I was actually supposed to have another colleague as my, because now I moved into my permanent apartment and I was supposed to have a colleague in the apartment uh, downstairs. It didn't work out because of the tenant not being able to move out early enough anymore because of the pandemic. Oh, wow. But that would have been a lot of fun, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, speaking of like current events, not only are we in a pandemic and adjusting to working that way, but there's also, as we're recording this, it's early June. So there's global Black Lives Matter protests, solidarity protests in countries all over the world. I know I've gone to protests in my city. I know that there are protests in Berlin. I, I don't really know how to talk about it in the sense of of design, but I do think that we should talk about it because designers have a lot of responsibility in their jobs to be ethical, to consider other people, to make sure that more people in 
um, the black community as well as other communities are seen, treated fairly. You work in a financial startup. Like, what are your thoughts about everything happening and how it relates to your life, your work, your not work? I know that's sort of a big question, but there's there's a lot that I think we are responsible for, like talking about and being aware of. It's it's a very big question, but it's it's also a topic that is on my mind a lot. I also feel as a designer, we could help out. I haven't quite figured out how yet, other than, you know, as a human being, you can try to educate yourself or step aside or work together. And I've been really trying to dive into the topic more um, than ever before. And luckily, there's a lot of resources being shared. I do think even as a designer, you could help sharing those resources resources but I also feel as a white person I rather amplify the voices of black people or other minorities than trying to put myself my own story into that because honestly I don't have a strong experience with it something at Klarna is that we are a very very diverse team luckily but we can definitely be more diverse And our designers uh, within the domain are from a lot of different nationalities, but there's no black person in there. We have, I would say everyone is a different nationality from like Asia and Eastern Europe and Western Europe, but it's good hearing those different perspectives. And I'm realizing more and more that you're also lacking some perspectives. So it's good to try to seek those out and really listen to the voices around you. But it's hard. Like I'm still trying to figure out the right way to do with this. And I have attended protests, but I'm also not entirely sure what to do quite yet. Yeah. I think with a lot of things, it's sort of that acknowledgement is the first step in, in starting, starting to understand situations and starting to hear those voices. Do you feel like your team or Klarna at large are going to start making decisions based on the Black Lives Matter protest? Do you think that you know, you're know you going to actively hire Black people or maybe open an office in another country or, you know, do you, do you feel like that's the direction that your organization's moving in? It's hard to say what Klarna as a whole is doing. I mean, there's definitely tension for it and they're donating and matching employee donations. But I'm not sure if from a hiring perspective, they are actively changing anything. I would definitely say that I would be more inclined to really pay attention on recruiting and you know, we can refer people. So in that sense, you have a chance to push people to the front. And I think that would be a good way to start and add more diversity to the teams and the company. I usually try to, when I ask designers questions about racism or homophobia or any other bigotry, I sort of end with some, at least some advice I mean, do you have advice for maybe people in a similar position where their organizations are predominantly not black and um, you're you're white? Like, 
what do you think that other white people should be doing right now? I, I would definitely say because as like a woman in tech, I've experienced people talking over me and I've also experienced people standing up for me and that's very powerful. So I think if you have the chance to do that for black people or for any other minority group, do that. Like when there is a meeting and it's mostly white men, but the other person is trying to speak up, give them the space to speak up, like be that person to say, I'm sorry, this person wants to share their perspective. Like you can see that they're trying to talk or to literally step aside. If you're being asked for a project or a role and it's around diversity or any other topic that you may not be very versed in as a white person, it might be up to you to step aside or if there are panels or anything that you have a chance to be on, be critical about how diverse it is and if you as a white person should really be on there like do you really need to have your voice heard again but in general just listen to people around you and and educate yourself and i've been on a big learning process for the past couple of weeks learning more about their perspectives because right now it's it's very online it's very there and luckily things like my twitter feed are black voices it is almost exclusively people retweeting experiences and opinions from black people and all i can do is just learn and take it in and try to do better and i hope i think any white person can do the same I think that is really good advice. And I like what you said about how that's similar to experiences you've had as a woman in tech. So I think it's important that men in tech also hear what you just said and think about not just specifically white men in tech, hear what you say and not just think about how they treat black coworkers and other black designers, but women in our field as well. Yes. Tech, of course, is, I mean, I would say a lot of industries are, male heavy but around tech i i see it a lot and i experience a lot and we've been in a domain with 150 people of which only 30 are women that is not a number to be particularly proud of but we're all getting there and i think many people are doing the work and step in like step up help this i don't have specific statistics in front of me of any recent, but I do know that years ago when I started getting in the design industry and anecdotal experience from being in art school, that as if you look at the college level, like 90% of design students are women, but that's not representative of the design and tech community. What was your experience like at Utrecht? Did you, I know I can't pronounce Dutch so well, but <laughs> what was your experience in at university? Was it also male dominated there? No, my study was actually very 50-50. Um, it was a very broad study though. And I've seen a lot of the women go more into marketing or more art projects rather than tech per se because my study allowed that like it was very very broad in that sense but yeah it was 50 50 and if I look at my 
coworkers now and in any of my past roles, it's definitely not 50-50. Definitely something for all of us to work toward um, fixing, yes. fixing because that's not, it's obviously indicative of problems where people are entering a field and then leaving because they're not treated fairly or treated well at all. And that goes for literally anyone who's not white men, because my, in my experience, the design industry is overcrowded with white male voices that definitely push out literally any other group. Yes. And I would also say in tech, a lot of us are pretty privileged when it comes to our salary and income. And you look at like something that we have to pay attention to is as a big company with a big app, not everyone has the newest iPhone or has access to all these things. So also when you're designing, design for the experience of maybe not everyone, but at least keep a good eye on if even people in less privileged positions have a good experience with your product. I think that as a designer, you can have a good impact on and work with engineers to make sure that the performance of an app, for example, works on any device, whether it's the most expensive phone or the cheaper version from a couple years ago. That is great advice. That is really, really good advice and something that people should really keep in mind as they're designing. Speaking of advice, what advice do you have for somebody that's just getting started in product design or, or just wants to get started in product design? I would say to find the things that you love about product design and find your community. I've, I'm part of a different of a couple of different online design communities and it can be anything from Twitter to Slack to Facebook groups to Spectrum and there are many many platforms but it helps to be in a community and have people around you who can help you with this because there are a lot of different ways of getting started in design there's not one defined career path and I know a lot of designers with very diverse backgrounds, so don't let that hold you back. Just find a community where you can find support and knowledge and give it a try. I think that is really great advice. Do you have like a specific community that, that you like to turn to? I'm part of the Design Life Slack community as well, and which is one of my favorite. This one is paid with the Design Life podcast, but for free communities, a couple of my favorite Slack groups are uh, called Design Systems and The Designership. Both of those are very big and very active. If you're a woman, um, there are different ladies that UX uh, communities in different places. Like they're mostly um, partly localized. Or there's Women in Tech, which is also a really good network to get started and get to know people. I love those were great recommendations. I'm I'm a member of the Design Life uh, Slack group as well, the paid one, and I also really enjoy being in that that community. It's a nice one because it's a bit smaller, so it's a bit more personal, and you feel a bit more comfortable sharing more in depth stuff. Like the big Slack groups can be a bit intimidating or just noisy if it's ten thousand people. So it like each has their own uh, purpose, I would say. What about advice that you might have for more senior people like yourself? 
Oof, I wouldn't even call myself more senior. Um, <laughs> when it comes to, so I am in as a team designer and we have uh, design leads who help us get things to a company level or to a domain level. And they are also usually the ones to push for any sort of change or feedback or anything like that. And if you're in a position like that, try to really listen to the team that you're with and also try to bring them together and give them actionable help or enable them to help themselves. I've definitely run into challenges as a designer and I didn't know how to solve it. But if my lead or someone else said, oh yeah, we'll talk to that person, it typically wasn't really enough and didn't really give me the tools to help myself. So yeah, if you're in a position like that, try to empower people, I would say. I love that. That's a bit vague. (laughs) No, no, no. I I like that. That's good advice. And and I kind of like vague feedback because especially like empowering people because it it means a lot of different things depending on the situation people are in. So I think that's really solid feedback for more senior people. Good. What book do you think all of our listeners should read? One of my favorite fiction books, and I think everyone can use a little bit of escape at the moment, whether it's from the pandemic or anything else. Um, My favorite fiction book is The Shadow of the Wind by Carlos Luis Safon. And it's a beautiful one because it just creates an entirely new world. And it's one of my favorite things about anything that creates a new world. So even as a designer, you can take inspiration from that. When it comes to more current events, I've been thinking a lot about what to read and what I have read. And one of the things that has been very impactful for me is a book called The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. And it's a young adult book, but it's very much around the Black Lives Matter movement. And for me, it was very eye-opening because as someone living in Western Europe, I have very little experience with police brutality or very clear examples of racism. Like it's absolutely there. I mean, I'm from the Netherlands. We have a holiday that is absolutely racist, but Um, it's one of those books that you can even share with teens around you because I think this is one of those topics that you want to learn when you're pretty young still. And I have a nephew who's 12 and I've been really wanting to for him to read this book or watch the movie to understand why people are so upset right now and why it's going the way it's going. So I would say that's a current event one, uh, a recommendation to read. I appreciate you giving a recommendation that is relevant to Black lives. So that I appreciate that. What about people? Who's someone that we shall know about? Mm, one of my favorite people on Twitter is uh, Cindy Gallup. She is one of the very few people that I follow who is not in her 20s or 30s. She's a little bit older, but she is very inspiring and speaks up she talks about um like salary equality for women so she actually she's helped creating a chatbot for women on how to get a raise 
and she constantly speaks about putting women in power and about normalizing sex tech um, with her startup Make Love Not Porn. And it's a completely different topic from the usual ones that I'm on, but it's been very interesting and eye-opening to see her energy and see her hunger for change, even if she's not in her 20s anymore. Um, So she's pretty cool. She sounds pretty cool. I'm going to definitely follow her and I will link to her Twitter feed in the show notes. Nice. I believe everyone should get paid for their time. So what we do on this podcast is we share the profits from our ads, as well as the swag sales and any subscription donations that people make with all of our guests of the show. Are there other ways that people can support you? I love that you do that, by the way. I think that's such a cool concept. There are not any sort of like, I I don't feel comfortable um, asking for funding in any way for myself at the moment. So please find a cause to donate to if you have extra money uh, now more than ever. I do sell my photos. If you're interested, there is um, a small link on my about page on my website. But yeah, really just put your money into something really, really good. I think what we'll do is we'll link to a couple organizations people can donate to in the show notes as well. So that um, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. So people have some ideas of places if they're not quite sure where to send money. Awesome. And other than your about page on your website, where are the best places for people to find you? I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm on Instagram as well. I have a photography page there and a personal one called Nuka Snaps. Um, And as I said before, I'm in different design Slack communities. So if you happen to be in any of the ones that I've mentioned, don't be afraid to say hi. Nice. Yeah, please, please reach out to Nuka. Nuka, thanks so much for being on Bezier. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap it up? No, thank you so much for inviting me. This was really, really fun to do. Cool. Thank you. Bezier is a design interview podcast amplifying voices in our creative communities that don't already have large platforms and aren't working at big five tech companies. We focus on finding guests from all over the world and representative of as many of us as possible. If you have a great guest idea for Bezier, please email us at inquiry at zoct.studio. That's I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at Z-A-C-H-T dot studio.